Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Powers, and I'm very excited for today's guest. She spent over a decade in the home improvement business, getting her start in the call center where she quickly moved up to call center manager. She then took on the role of marketing director and is currently now the director of sales and marketing for a great home improvement company in Michigan. She is also a fellow consultant with me at Tony Hody Training and Consulting. I'd like to introduce my friend, Megan McGuire. Hello, Megan. Hey, Kyle. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you today? Very good. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Hey, I'm really excited to have you on uh, the show today for today's topic. Uh, and we're going to be going over something that, that I believed in uh, was a huge catalyst to teams that I've led in the past doing well, but obviously is a huge catalyst for the, uh, you know, the good that your company is doing and, and absolutely killing it on the, the sales and marketing side. Uh, and that is ongoing training and having, you know, monthly and quarterly boot camp style training sessions where your entire teams are out of the field uh, and you've really created a culture of growth uh, within your teams, you know, that have, have really made your teams what they are, you know, which are, yeah. which is top notch. So could you tell me, Megan, you know, what really inspired you to get into and, and start these mini training sessions? Cause they take a lot of work. I mean, it's a whole team out of the field for the day. It is, it is. It's a lot of time and effort from leadership and management on the front end to, to really, um, not only put these training and, and sessions and what I call boot camps on, but also to just be able to realize the amount of time we're taking people out of the field means our return on investment on that has to be really substantial. And really where it came from is uh, anybody who's ever done, you know, in-home 10-step training, um, any sort of, you know, regimented marketing processes and training, uh, I think you could probably relate to the fact that we, we put these people through a pretty intensive training course to learn how to sell and learn how to write leads. And then usually what we've seen in the pattern we were noticing, which really inspired this whole, you know, regular training um, schedule was we would see guys coming out of sales training and really being uh, the hot hand right away. I mean, guys are coming right out of sales training. The only thing that they know is what we've taught them. So they're sticking right to the system. They're not veering off of it. Um, they haven't gotten too smart for the for the system, if you will. We've seen that, you know, several times in our industry. It's uh, it's pretty easy to learn something and then doing it day after, day in and day out. Eventually, we start to change things. Eventually, we start to, uh, you know, add in words here or, or subtract phrases there. And pretty soon, we're so far off the script that we, we don't even know what happened. And so what we were seeing is the first month when guys were in the field, they were just killing it. I mean, they're 50% or better and just... Uh, just seeing some really great results. And then what we were seeing was slow, but surely after two, three uh, months in the field, these numbers would start to dip. And, uh, you know, then it would take myself or one of the other sales managers to get out in the house and find out what's going on. 
same thing with marketers. They come out of the training, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and they're excited and they get out there and they write leads. And after a couple months, the rejection wears on them a little bit and they start, you know, maybe altering the, the things they were taught. So we wanted to find a way to recreate the excitement that we were seeing from a lot of our employees in sales and marketing after training. So we said, how can we do this in a short period of time? get everybody excited, get the energy in the company and the momentum rolling and really, uh, you know, kick off the next month for a, for a great start. And so we developed these little mini, mini training sessions, what we call boot camps, And uh, now we do them regularly with both marketing and sales. Awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, very similar to, you know, what had happened with myself um, at, at the last team that I was running is, yeah, you, you create that initial excitement and especially on the marketing side of thing. I mean, uh, when they, you know, they get that new job, they're, they're going to be getting a paycheck and they, you know, really believe in your company, you know, because it's a great company with great products and, and they have that excitement and you hit the nail on the head, I think, when you know, that rejection kicks in, right? Um, and, and they kind of get beat up a little bit and then they start thinking it's because of the process. And so they start, you know, analyzing that and then bringing it back. And then all of a sudden you get them into that next training session and they're not on script. And, and that's where that, that issue lies. And so, you know, great idea, you know, bringing those together. Um, so maybe, you know, explain to me a little bit, you know, kind of how often do you hold them and, and, and what does that look like? You know, what do you, how do you put them together? I mean, coming up on a, on a monthly or quarterly basis to put together a full day of content, that takes a lot of work. It does. It takes a lot of time and effort and, um, you know, it takes a lot of uh, research and the, the numbers and reports, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, basically what we do currently at, at my company is uh, the first Monday of every month, we do not run leads. We take the complete day off of leads in both of our locations and we train and we hold what we call a sales boot camp. It usually lasts for about five to six hours. Um, what we found is anything longer than that. And it's just, just too long, too much. People aren't absorbing enough. Um, but five or six hours and we do it once a month for sales marketing. We could do marketing once a month as well. We do have a substantial amount of outbound marketers with our company. So we've got anywhere between 25 and 30 marketers at all times. So getting all of them together and out of the field at one time is pretty challenging. So we do the marketing boot camps quarterly, but it's also a great way to bring together, you know, people from several different locations and really have the, the culture and the camaraderie of, of healthy and exciting competition. Um, so yeah, we look at the content. How do we develop the content for each boot camp? Is pretty simple. We look at the numbers from the previous month, and we look at what we've been struggling with. So for marketing, for instance, a really popular boot camp to topic for a lot of our, um, our a lot of our times is handling the one party objection. It just seems like that's something that continuously comes up and we get new people in and maybe they aren't as seasoned as some of our veteran marketers. So they might struggle with the one party. So we might do a whole boot camp around one party objections. Um, and what that might look like is there's a lot of simulated role playing. But what we've pretty much narrow, we've pretty much boiled it down to a pretty good system. And that is that we will do uh, about three games during that five hour, six hour period. Um, we'll have different types of games. I mean, we do family feud. We'll do um, all kinds of uh, need building and value of the visit popcorn. We've got 
a ton of different things that we've done over the time, but it all revolves around role playing and really helping our marketers and our salespeople think on their feet. Uh, another popular one for sales training is if we are getting our butts kicked and all month our closing rate is down and the common thing i'm hearing from all the guys is that these people just think that they can wait until next year to get the project done then we're missing some urgency so we're going to go ahead and, and role play a measure step and we're going to go ahead and show uh each of our salespeople a refresher on how to walk people through sequence of events if they leave the exact windows they have in their house right now which is always an option what's going to happen um you know there's a lot of different techniques we use but we'll build a game and we'll build the content around whatever we struggled with the previous month and so you know with that being the case we can pretty much see in the numbers exactly what we're we're missing and we're able to really you know provide a whole day of of value that our salespeople and our marketers also look for to coming to yeah absolutely that's great i think uh what i've seen you do what i think is an awesome job with is that it's, it's not all coming from you either your your leaders really take you know those entry-level you know canvas managers or event managers or sales managers are really taking the role of of putting that training together and making it fun and when they really believe in and are excited about it i think that's what also translates down to you know your team members really grabbing a hold of that culture too what are your what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely i think uh the truth be told is that uh the teacher usually learns more than the student and so um, it's something where our leaders are very excited about these boot camps and the content because not only does it get all their people excited, but it gets them re-energized. You know, if they're a leader in our business, they've been around long enough to, you know, see some of the ups and downs and just really getting back to the basics and them being able to get back to the roots when they were excited about their position in the beginning. You know, before some of, like we said, our, you know, our job, even if we do it well, we're still going to get more rejection than, than not. And so, you know, that can wear on people over time, as you said, their shoulders might start to slump and that can happen in leadership too. So it's an ongoing training. Um, it's an ongoing continuous effort to sharpen the ax. You know, we are firm believers in the fact that if you're given eight hours to cut down a tree, you should probably spend seven sharpening your ax. So for us, even though we're taking people out of the field and whatnot, it's, it's definitely something that has paid dividends uh, many times over. Um, the other thing that the leaders get really excited about is we have an ongoing leadership team meeting once a week at our company and where we do a book study on a leadership book. So currently it's every Tuesday. Right now we're on the John C. Maxwell 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Um, we've done a few other ones with uh, Extreme Ownership. And our next one, we're going to be doing Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. So I get all the leaders in the company in sales marketing as well as install. And uh, we meet for an hour every Tuesday morning. So that has really helped develop a lot of people that were maybe what I would say young and immature in leadership and help them really you know, sharpen the ax for them in that area and become better leaders and better guides and better, you know, um, managers for their departments and for their people. Absolutely. And what I always liked about doing the kind of leadership studies, you know, with the team, I, I did something similar uh, to that in my last role was you really find out the people that are also excited about growth and really want to be, you know, the future leaders in your business and grow. So a lot of times, you know, I would take maybe someone that has been a great, you know, marketer, for example, showing the ability that they want to step up. One of the very first things they, that I did with them was start putting in, in that leadership study. Um, and, you, and you can see right away, you know, are they doing the readings? Are they doing the studies? Are they contributing, you know, to the study? And, and believe it or not, I'd have some guys that said they wanted to be in leadership, but then they get in that, in that, uh, 
you know, leadership study and they just, they don't excel at all and they're, they're not doing the readings and it. it's a really easy way to not have to make the mistake of putting someone in leadership and having to pull them back out. Oh, I agree. And that's, that's a very costly mistake to make. And we've all done it. I mean, I've, I've made that mistake more than I'd like to admit, I'm sure. But um, exactly. It's, it's a great, uh, it's kind of like a trial close. You know, let's put you in here, see what you do with a little bit of power, meaning we're including you in, in company-wide leadership and management training. And let's see if you, you know, sink or swim. And it is very obvious. I mean, the people that come in every week prepared to host the the chapter and, you know, has questions prepared for all of their peers. And then you get people that clearly didn't read it and, you know, they come in two minutes late and <laughs> you already know that that's not going to work out for them being a leader in the company. So it does. It's a good, it's a good uh, barometer for where they truly are. Absolutely. Um, and one of the other things that I really uh, liked along with, um, you know, the, the boot camp style trainings or the monthly trainings that I would do is um, I did a, you know, a survey. I went to each one of my marketers and each one of the marketing leaders, you know, at the time it had about 65 marketers. Um, and so there, there was a lot, uh, you know, unfortunately at that level of leadership, I, I didn't know all their names, you know, especially with sure. marketing, we have a little higher turnover, right? And, yeah. um, and so just getting to meet each person individually, finding out, you know, hey, what is their goals and dreams? Are you, do you just plan on being here as a stepping stone to get to where you want to be? Or is, are you looking at making a career out of this, you know, and learning all that stuff? But one, of the things that I asked is, you know, them in that little survey I did with them is, is what, you know, what do you feel that you need to be a part of this team? What do you need to know? Or what, what do you think we as a leadership team can do better, you know, to, to make it more enjoyable for you? And one of the things they said was to, to, to know more. And what they meant to know more was to know about the decisions that we were making as a team and, and possibly have some influence on those decisions because they are the people that are out there every day doing it. Um, and so one of the things that I found is, yeah, we were really good at reporting their numbers to them and, and them for the most part, knowing where they stood, but they didn't know as a team, as a department, you know, what is the overall big picture? And so one of the things we really did in our, in our boot camps, as I'm sure you do too, is, is, is adding the, you know, the numbers, where are we at? What are our goals? Where are we at to goals for the, you know, the week, the month, the year. Um, and, and we always finished up with putting out some, you know, really high pie in the sky bonus that, Hey, you know, if we were normally doing a million a month in business, well, what happens if we hit 1.5 million? What's, what would you guys like, you know, and, uh, very rarely does something like that get hit, but very often it gets real close and it just, you know, building that up. And so really taking that time when you get everyone in that same room to really communicate where are we at almost like a state of the union kind of, you know, kind of meeting on top of then the training that they're going to get. Absolutely. I mean, the training is a part of the boot camp and it's the core focus, but there's so much more to it. And, and I think that's kind of what you were alluding to as well. Um, not only knowing the numbers, coming together as a team, celebrating wins, uh, a lot of healthy competition. I mean, I'm a big fan of when they talk smack back and forth. You know, we've got a right now we've got a big contest going on. It's a thousand dollars to the winning team. It's the North marketers versus the South marketers. Sometimes we call it the civil war North versus the South. <laughs> but, like uh, yeah, but it's good stuff, you know, and they're, they, I got to tell you, my managers, the marketing managers at our company know their numbers better than I do. They are to the dime. They know where they're at for the month. And part of that is because we force them to take that accountability for their entire department. 
you know, through the trainings. And then it's their job to monitor and see how the trainings are affecting the numbers and how we're increasing efficiency as a result. You know, if we, you know, are, are putting 10 leads on the board and only three are confirming uh, at the end of the boot camp, I would like everyone to, you know, have a new set of tools to get second phone numbers. I would like, you know, everybody at the end of the boot camp to understand that, hey, we can set the same amount of leads we're setting right now, but if we spend a little more time on the phone with these people, we can demo five out of 10 instead of two or three out of 10. What would that do to your paycheck? So, you know, we're able to really paint a picture of, of how they can really build their own income and how they're part of a, a team that's really making a difference not only for homeowners, but, you know, we do a lot of giving back and we make that part of it too. You know, it's something that everybody's pretty passionate about uh, in that area as well. Um, but it's got to be fun. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I get so many clients that say, well, man, our reps hate sales meetings. I can't imagine they'd come in for an entire day and they'd sit here and listen. And I'd say, well, then they don't see any value in what you're providing. Because if they thought they were going to learn something and it was going to help them close one more deal and they truly believe that, then they should be showing up uh, an hour early with bells on. So it's really about how you make it fun. We give away for marketing. We usually give away between two and 300 bucks every time we do a boot camp, and we do um, lottery tickets. We do gift cards. We do a cash cannon. I actually have a gun that shoots money and makes yeah, those it are rain. great. Yeah, on the winning team that generates a lot of fun. Um, everybody gets excited, and in the, in the sales team, um, we'll give away anywhere from you know 500 to 700 bucks every time we do a boot camp. So somebody's walking out with 500 bones. That gets people a little more excited. And so on some of the bigger boot camps, we'll do you know a couple grand just because keeping everybody excited and fun, and everybody showing up with a good attitude and wanting to be there. I mean, then they actually get something out of it. So it's important to really use what Tony talks about, which is attraction versus pursuit. I don't want to force them to come to the boot camp. I want them to be attracted to coming to the boot camp. Right. And that and that really goes back, I mean, to just culture overall in one of my favorite sayings that as a leader, you get what you create or you allow and I think when the, you know, the reps, whether it be sales, marketing or whatever, really understands the why and how this truly benefits them. Um, and then obviously, if you had someone on your team that, you know, was that the, the Debbie Downer, so you say, you know, the, the real negative person and oh, stupid training again, I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say that that person's not the right fit for your company anyways. And you'll probably give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt and try to show them the why this is important, how this, you know, overall makes them more money and makes everybody more money. But I have a feeling that you probably don't allow that to happen for too long before they're no longer a member of your team. You know, what's funny about that is that's so true. And, and the best news about it is when you have a good culture and you have other people that are at the entry level marketer position, holding each other accountable, the people that don't fit in character wise or don't have the right attitude, a lot of times they just weed themselves right out. They come into a group of, you know, raving fans that are excited and on fire for learning sales and marketing. And then they're not, I mean, it's pretty clear that they don't fit. And so a lot of times they just say, Hey, this isn't for me. And we say, Hey, great. We appreciate you coming in and trying it out. And it's not for everybody. And we understand that. So it's, it's interesting because when you do create a culture of winning like that, anybody who's not on the same page, will find it repulsive and will want to run away as soon as possible. So it, it kind of works twofold. 
Absolutely. And, and one of the problems that I ran into, um, and I'm sure it's pretty, you know, rampant in just any, any workplace, right. Is one of those, you know what, you're not my boss, you know, mind your, you know, stay in your own lane kind of thing. And I, I wanted to figure out how to overcome, you know, when you're talking about leadership, there's, you know, the typical leadership, which is, you know, Hey, I'm your boss, I'm leading down, right. Leading the people below you. Um, but there's the two other kind, there's, you know, the leading across, you know, so you're, you're leading your, co-workers and then there's also leading up you know leading your leaders and and helping them out and and you know owners bosses you know however you put that and so I wanted to figure out how can how can we get more of that leading across how can we get it that the marketers themselves because most of the time we we always had two marketers working together there's obviously yeah. sometimes that doesn't make sense and you only need one marketer but you know how, how can we get them to, to hold each other accountable and to want to, like you said, that healthy competition and, and to go out and get it. And, uh, we actually developed, um, you know, something that we ended up calling the ease, right. You know, cause it really boils down with marketers that, you know, they have, you know, energy, enthusiasm, excitement. Uh, and, and there was a whole bunch of ease that we came up with. You can continue down that list. And uh, my favorite one was always, uh, you know, E hustle, but the E is silent, right? Um, but we wanted to come up with a phrase that one marketer could say to the other, because a lot of the times a marketer doesn't do well simply for the fact that their attitude is wrong for the day, that they don't have the ease. They're not excited. They're not, you know, especially, I mean, you know, for a long-term marketer, the roller coaster of the, the highs and lows in their personal life on top of, you know, the rejection that you get, there can be bad days. So we wanted something that they, you know, one marketer could just look at another a marketer and go, Hey man, the ease. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, they would totally get it. And they wouldn't take offense that their coworker was, you know, stepping out of their line or whatever. Uh, and so we started implementing that in, in every training, you know, session that we put together because we made it be commonplace that they didn't think anything about it other than, hey, this person's actually trying to help me do better. Correct. Uh, and I think go that's ahead. a great tool. In fact, I just wrote that down because I'm going to use that. <laughs> so you're always learning. You're always learning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's hard to come up with new content, right? Monthly and, and quarterly. I mean, obviously, sure. we always know what's what's wrong with our teams and what they can get better in. But you've done a great job at, at keeping them fresh. And and I mean, I see the, uh, you know, po posts that you put on, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, anybody if listening to the podcast, if you, you haven't, you know, joined Megan on, on LinkedIn to, to see, uh, you know, the different things. And on Facebook, her, her uh, page, Megan Knows Marketing, she posts a lot of these pictures and stories of these boot camps and stuff. And, and you can't help but get excited just even seeing the picture. I mean, they say the picture is worth a thousand words, you know, of her team competing against each other and going down to the very end, you know, uh, tournament style, battling each other for who has the best pitch for the day and who's going to take that 500 dollars home. Uh, so I certainly, you know, implore you to, to reach out. Is, is there anything I'm missing on those certain pages, uh, Megan, with, uh, with LinkedIn and Facebook for you? No, no. Most of the content I'll share on there, I'll do a little on Instagram too, but mostly Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, really the key is, again, you got to keep them excited and keep them engaged in something like that. And what you'll notice is we actually create content in all different ways. So we will do team challenges where it's a team of five people and everybody has to get together and help each other to win. We'll do, you know, one, we'll do teams of two and then we'll do individual challenges. The key is, is that if you have 28 people in the room, you've got to find a way to keep it away from one person talking or two people competing and the other 26 just sitting there playing on 
phone. That is a fantastic so, point, by the way. And so we got to keep them engaged. So, you know, nobody wants to come to a lecture setting. So we try and make it fun, you know. And, and one of the biggest things for marketing I can tell you that's been so helpful is we do what we call need-building popcorn. And what that means is that often – in the marketing process and lead generation process, we do what we call need building or need uncovering. And what ends up killing most marketers is no need. So if there's no need, there's no lead. And if you can't get past, you know, the fact that they actually need us to come over, I mean, the appointment isn't going any further. So what we found is a lot of marketers will get uh, nervous or clam up if they're not sure, you know, what the next thing they should say uh, would be. So we do this need building popcorn where someone will say, okay, I'm the homeowner. I have drafty windows. And it's our marketer's jobs to go around each person and they have to ask a question about those drafty windows. And then the next person has to ask another question that goes along with the question that was previously asked. If they repeat a question, that means they weren't listening. So they're out. If they don't have a question or they run out of need building questions, then they're out. And then the last man standing wins. We literally went almost 40 minutes straight on windows that were drafty with questions. And the amount of learning that comes out of that, because if there's 40 minutes of questions, you can imagine 28 people in the room. Most of them probably have only heard about 10% of the questions asked. So they just added about 50 tools to their tool belt and different things that they can ask in order to keep the conversation going. And so that's been a huge thing for, for marketers and why we put, you know, a massive amounts of leads on the board and we're writing 15 right now. This last weekend, we had a five hour, you know, outside festival, we wrote 15 appointments. I mean, it was, it's just, it's because they, they sharpen the ax all month long at these boot camps. So when they get out in front of the customer, they're just fresh and ready to go. Absolutely. And for the listeners, this last little segment uh, about the, you know, need building uh, popcorn and, you know, no need, no lead. I always get across to the clients that I work with that the two biggest things that I think marketers get wrong in, in fail at is uncovering need slash eliciting pain and value of the visit. Um, and, and those are the two they really try to shortcut. And so creating that game around there uh, and trying to, I mean, even marketers that I talk to at length and teach them how to do that still struggle with that because they feel that as soon as the customer says, oh, I have, you know, drafty windows, it's, oh, I have someone, I have someone on the hook. Okay. I got to get them. I got to close them. And, and what happens with that is the, uh, conversion rate and the issue rate on those appointments, because that customer didn't really feel the need and doesn't therefore see the value of us coming out. Right. Um, and so putting together that game and, and using that in, uh, I think anyone listening can benefit to do something like that inside their organization today. And we'll see a return on investment of that time spent at just figuring out how to better uncover need and elicit pain with the consumer. Absolutely. And so many companies uh, hardly do it at all. I mean, I've got clients that never even knew need building existed. And then it's like it blows open a whole new world for them, you know, because you think about it. I mean, if you think about prognosis without diagnosis being malpractice, I mean, we can't really write the prescription until we know the problem. And in the, until the customer realizes they have a serious ailment, they're not going to part with 90 minutes of their time to let us come over. So they have to really feel 
pain. We have to take the pain that they feel every year when they put plastic up on their windows, and we have to bring that to right now, right here in the middle of summer when it's 90 degrees out. We have to help them remember that headache of how bad it was and how terrible it was and the arguments it caused in their, their marriage because their husband spends the whole weekend putting plastic on the windows. There's a lot of conversation that comes up when you ask the right questions. And the other thing that's beautiful about the question asking and need building is the customer is doing all the talking. Yep. We don't push them. All we have to do is ask questions, and eventually they say, wow, you know, it does sound like we need to get somebody over to look at this. And it deletes us itself. Absolutely. So it's, it's crazy how, how well that can work out if we just, you know, train our people to be professional conversationalists. Yep. Yep. Learning how to ask questions is, is the huge, you know, I mean, that's the, the simplest form of it that I can get across uh, Absolutely. Uh, with that. Uh, so one other thing I'd like to talk about before we get to the, you know, the end of the podcast here is we're starting to get a little shorter on time is uh-huh. you had talked about your marketers uh, right now. You're doing a North team versus the South team, uh, uh-huh. keeping things fun. Uh, and so I'd like to know about that a little bit more. What is, what is that competition you're doing right now? What, what's entailed? What, what can they win or yeah. how do the reps benefit from that? And then most importantly, how does the company overall benefit, you know, from that competition? Sure, sure. So basically what happened was uh, the other day the owner walked into the – and he's he's super involved in all the same stuff, like the boot camps. He loves it. He's He's got a lot of good ideas to share. So he just happened to walk into the marketing room in our local office, and he said, hey, we're getting towards the end of the month. What's everybody going to do? What's a realistic, attainable goal for the rest of the week? And this was at the beginning of this week. And, um, you know, they came up with a number. And then uh, he asked the North team what their realistic attainable goal was. And then he said, whoever exceeds their goal first, the winning team, is going to get 500 bucks. And each team is, you know, anywhere between 7 and, and 12 people, depending on uh, which, which area they're in. And then he said... Uh, and then a couple minutes later, someone had asked a few questions and, and somehow it ended up going to a thousand bucks. So whoever hits their net sale goal first this week as a team is going to get that cash on Monday. So, um, you know, they're all pushing each other. And that really goes back to the buy-in, you know, the culture of buy-in. Um, and it's incredibly tough to create. You, you have to really get people bought in on the fact that they're problem solvers, solvers and they're helping people. Often we can feel like professional botherers. Um, and so we want to really have them see the big picture and the fact that how many people they're helping over their lifetime. And what I think is when you get buy-in created with your marketing staff, that's when they're okay with hearing feedback from the others. You know, they're, they're bought into the company. They realize any feedback they're getting from another marketer is only to help us all hit this goal together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for a company that, uh, you know, may not, uh, you know, maybe a smaller company, you know, maybe has, you know, four, five, six marketers, maybe doesn't have the extra cash to throw out. You know, there's a lot of incentive in games, you know, because people are, are motivated in many different things. Yes, we want our marketers and salespeople to be money motivated. I think they all have some level of that, but even as simple as, you know, a marketer of the month being something along the lines of, Hey, they, you know, get their picture on, you know, social media on your social media saying, you know, just that accolade a lot will, will raise a lot of people on a team to do better. Um, Recognition. Social recognition is so huge. And that's, that's something we do too. We actually have a championship belt. So it's just like, just like MMA, WWE style, we have one for the sales team and the salesman of the month not only gets the belt and it usually rides around in his car to all his appointments with him. I'm, <laughs> I'm really 
challenging one of the guys to wear it into the house sometime. I just That'd think that great. would be a lot of great conversation. Um, but they get their picture hanging on the wall in the sales room. So bragging rights is the biggest part of that. Um, but everybody knows they're the top guy and it gives everyone something to shoot for. Um, and then the same thing with marketing. We do have a championship belt that goes to the team that's currently winning. The last boot camp, the North team won and they took the belt home victoriously. So absolutely. I, I did one time, uh, I call it steaks and hot dogs. And so I had two canvassing teams and they battled it out for the month. Uh, you know, whoever had uh, the most demos from their team for the month. And what it was at the end of it is the company supplied all the really nice steaks. And then, of course, all the fixings to go along with, you know, a grill out like that. And then also hot dogs. And so sure. the losing team losing had, to do, had to do all the cooking. Uh, and had to eat hot dogs while across the, you know, we set them across the tables from each other where the winning team got to enjoy that and eat the steak, you know, and, and they, of course, you never want to be the loser in that one. Uh, no. It created a lot of great, healthy competition. It really, I mean, it cost the company a, a few hundred bucks for all the food and whatnot. It created the team environment because we were still all together. You know, we put it together. And then actually I, instead of making the, the losing team do the cooking, I, I really enjoyed cooking for the team. And so, you know, I did that. It was just a great day all together. But what it did for the company is at the end of the month, they were within two demos of each other. Oh, for an yeah. entire month, it was back and forth. And, you know, our overall, uh, that ended up being our, our biggest month we had that year, you know, oh, in I canvassing. So, I mean, it's uh, just over steaks and hot dogs. There was no extra money. There was nothing else involved in it but the bragging rights and being oh, able yeah. to sit across from your Same teammate day. eating a hot dog while you're eating a steak, you know? <laughs> Our sales team will have to buy the other one drinks at the next boot camp or has to buy the other one dinner and the other place, the other team gets to pick whatever restaurant they want. Um, you know, we get that too. One of the things we do too is we actually award um, the calling staff at our Grand Rapids location. Um, what, whoever gets the call in inbound leads depends on how well they do. So they're always hitting, you know, they're going to, to become better and better so they can be first to get the inbound leads. I mean, there's different ways you can incentivize it. You could take something simple like, Hey, you get first, you get first stab at every phone call that comes in. I mean, that that's a way that we will incentivize somebody who's, you know, doing a good job. So there's, there's a million different ways you can do it. And like you said, it doesn't have to cost a ton of money. Um, you know, when we were smaller, we did things like this, but on a much smaller scale where, you know, we did the top prize would be a $25 gift card at the end of the day. So, um, there's a million ways you can do it. You just, we try and think just like we think about what would our customers like? If I'm going to go to a show and I'm going to a boat show, what would my customer at the boat show like in order for me to stop them to engage? Well, I think about the same thing with my employees. What would they like? What would get them fired up and excited? Maybe it's a trip to a minor league baseball game. Maybe it's, you know, something else. Maybe it's a big cookout at the owner's house. Um, you know, there's a, there's a million things we can do. It's just a matter of thinking about what gets them you know, excited and fired up. Absolutely. And so, Hey, we're coming to that last uh, segment of the show today, Megan, uh, powers, powerful point. And uh, so what powerful point do you have, you know, pertaining to lead gen or leadership uh, and, and what we've been talking about for the listeners today? The biggest thing that I would really uh, want to add value to the listeners with is if your people are, if, if you have a sales team or a marketing team that's performing to a certain level and that drops immediately, it's almost always a go back to basics problem. And so I would implore you to not 
ask your employee what's happening, but to role play with your employee immediately. So if they go to an, a show and they pull no appointments, um, I can't accept that the slowest show is an excuse. The slow show was slow, excuse me, as an excuse. I have to actually role play and say, okay, well I'm walking by the booth. Go ahead and pull me in. I can pick it out in two minutes what they're missing. Same thing when I get in the house with one of our salespeople. So really, it is to remember that most problems are back to basics issues, and we really have to go back to what we did in the beginning that made us successful, and that's the reason we do the the trainings and the boot camps. Yep, and that's the only way you can uncover it is getting getting them in, you know, face to face with each other in in role playing. It always surprises me at how many companies just don't role play and you know do uh-huh. you know scripting on you know canvassing. You know, we recommend it that they do it daily in their pre shift every single day. They should be role playing in in front of each other, and so it's a it's a huge, huge, huge thing. And I I think you that's a a hugely powerful point because there's so many companies that call us and we go out and see them. And you ask them the last time they role played and what do you, role play? What do you mean? I mean, we, we had training when they started. I know it's uh, that is like fingernails on the chalkboard for me, and I'm sure it's for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's actually kind of music to my ears because I know very quickly we can institute some things that are going to drastically change their numbers for the better. So, <laughs> absolutely. So, Megan, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to get out and you know possibly a, attend one of your boot camps that, that you do and, and really see the energy in your teams that I see from the pitchers and, and just talking to you and the impact that it makes on your business. So thank you so much for your time today. For sure. Anytime, Kyle. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation, on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.